sometimes. We don't cry all the time. When you when recall cry. it, you know, yeah. and your heart is just so desperate for Jesus to be glorified. Mm-hmm. You know, that's my heart is like, heal your broken church, Lord. But whenever there's self-protection or protection of system, and that comes primary to our desire to glorify Jesus and obey him, then you have this potential for massive brokenness. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Elisa Childers podcast. We have a special episode today because not only is our guest uh, really knowledgeable on issues related to spiritual abuse from both a personal and from an intellectual and study standpoint, but she's also one of my really good friends and she's been on the podcast before. So TC Cannon, welcome. So glad. So (laughs) glad that you're here to join us today in studio. It's always fun when we can have a guest in studio. So And it's beautiful. Yeah. It's a beautiful studio. It's coming along. Yeah. <laughs> so we were talking um, recently, because one thing that, that the viewers and listeners may not know is that we hang out a lot. We go to this park and we walk and um, we have processed a lot yes. together Yes, on the issue of spiritual abuse because it's something we walked through together. Mm-hmm. And we were talking like, wouldn't it be so cool if we could just give people a bird's eye view, just let them be a little fly on the wall to our conversations about this topic and how we've really, over the last several years, processed this experience together, because I think it would be really helpful to the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I wanted to start out, because I know there, there can be all kinds of, um, people can be defensive, even knowing we're gonna be talking about this, but I want to I want to explain our heart behind it. So, like, why are we doing this today? What What are we hoping to accomplish for people by sharing this story? Yeah, I think from you know what we've talked about a lot is we both love the church. Yes, we love Jesus. We we believe uh, that you know He brings hope and life and healing, mm-hmm. and that He is the way, the truth, and the life. Yes. We believe that. Yeah, um, and we we love the body of Christ. And we just want to bring, um, you know, be a model of his love and his heart for his broken body. Yeah. You know, we're broken. Yes. And we're just wanting to be vessels of, at all, if we can, in any possible way, be be vessels of healing, mm-hmm. examples of, you know, how to have conversations that are that lead with compassion mm-hmm. um, and openness to want to understand and grow yeah. personally and as a body. Yeah, and, and I think just to make clear from the beginning, this is not a church bashing mm-hmm. session. We love Jesus Bride. Right. And it's out of our love. And pastors. Yes, we love pastors. Yeah. And it's out of our love for the for the bride of Jesus that when there is an issue that's confronting her, that 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 we can maybe help facilitate some healing in mm-hmm. and maybe uh, if there's a little bit of cancer in there, you know, we can maybe help to, ex- you know, diagnose that. Right. I think that's our heart for today. Um, I want to start, we're going to go into your story in a moment, but I want to start with just a very clear definition of what spiritual abuse is. Mm-hmm. How do you define spiritual abuse? Right. Well, the way I've come to define it is that you know, spiritual abuse, well, of course, abuse in general is a misuse of something often leading to an injury to, mm-hmm. you know, of some sort. Spiritual abuse is when someone in a position of a spiritual authority 
or power uses their power and their position to exploit the vulnerability of someone else. Mm. Um, it could be their their financial vulnerability, their um, uh, theological vulnerability, their emotional vulnerability, whatever it might be, to um, meet their own need for mm. power, sex, money. Mm. Um, it ultimately, those three things, yeah. you know, it is somehow leads back to that. So they're exploiting their position. Of, and, and it's a religious authority position so that the injury that results in, is related to that person's faith mm. or their actual view of God. So um, that yeah. is kind of how I define it. That's good. That's good. Well, I want to give you a chance to share your story today because you're really the one. We were in a church together mm-hmm. where this happened, and um, you got the brunt of it. You went through the deepest part of it because we kind of just left at the early stages of things looking a little wonky and but you know you didn't have that um you weren't able to really do that because there your husband was on staff and it was like a whole thing and so you went through a lot and we walked through that together so i want you to maybe just share your story a bit and and then we can just kind of have a conversation from there sure yeah well um you know, I think the the one thing that's interesting is that when you're going through these events, you don't really know how to identify exactly yeah. what's going on. So, you know, looking back, it's it's um, I've had a lot of healing and a lot of growth since then. And so just, you know, retelling what what happened um, will include, you know, some of the things I've learned as well. But we just were, you know, I had been a member of the church we attended for 23 years. I and by had, the way, I feel like I should probably say, this is not the church I wrote my book about. Right. Because people might yes, be thinking, oh, right. is that the, right. this no. was a different I didn't church. Get the, I didn't get the joy of going to that <laughs> yeah, church with you. <laughs> yeah, that was a different church. Right. Um, no, so, <clears throat> yes, I just, I had been at this church for 23 years ever since it started. And actually even before that time, because uh, the pastor of our church was, had um, was actually the pastor of the church I went to when I first gave my life to the Lord. Wow. And, you know, my story involves being, I was raised in a different cult yeah. and then spent many of my years of my, like, teen years and early 20s just really without any organized faith or religion or relationshiping of God, really. Uh, and so it was from that really lost, broken place um, and after Jesus had gotten a hold of my heart, which is just a whole, you know, my whole testimony, the the very first actual church I found uh, was pastored by the pastor of our former church. And you've been, um, you were a member there before you and I even ever met each other. So this goes so way back. Right. Yeah. Um, and this was actually in California, too, when I had originally um, uh, just was learning so much from this pastor. I do want to say, you know, you can look back and you can treasure hunt mm. the things that God actually deposited in you that were good along this whole journey. But uh, so I actually moved to Tennessee where I live now. And as soon as that pastor and his wife moved here and to start a church, I was in. So I was there from the very beginning for 23 years. And um, you and I had met probably, gosh, I'm bad at time, but it had been at least three, four, maybe we knew each other at the church for a few yeah. years anyway and had been. And I just have to say that meeting you was such a God thing, such a providential piece of his love for me because I, you know, became interested in uh, apologetics. And at that time, I didn't know it, but God was actually preparing me mm. and, and building a more robust faith in me that 
helped me to navigate mm. what I was walking through. It helped me to be more informed and to, to be a better thinker. But bottom line is, uh, you know, as I began to study and, and really dig into theology, there were things I was learning. And there was a season when, um, you know, there was uh, something, a speaker was being invited to the church. And, mm-hmm. and there were just some things that I had some concerns about that I made the very prayerful decision to present to our former pastor. Mm -hmm. And that wasn't something that I did as a, you know, cantankerous woman going in there to try to get my way. Well, because we were actually in the same meeting together when we found out this this particular speaker was coming. He was a questionable speaker. Right. And uh, and we were so, the three of us were in that meeting with, or the two of us with the pastor were in that meeting together. And I remember just when that name came out and, and, we were both kind of like, oh, you know, yeah, okay, well, and it was just very gentle, even because right. you 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 had been studying more about that speaker and and that kind of thing, um, and so I just remember it was very gentle, yeah, the way it was brought up, and because also we knew that. Um, our pastor even admitted he didn't have any knowledge of this person. Like there mm-hmm. was this admitting, you know, like we knew, oh, he doesn't know and. I remember you and I prayerfully, prayerfully mm-hmm. walking every step of this, yeah. even standing outside. I don't know if you remember that. We stood outside one day before we were going in to have a meeting, and we just prayed. We were both overwhelmed with love. Mm-hmm. You know, I can cry thinking about it. Yeah. So, so weird how it just comes. But the heart was always, always just to um, to lift and to be what the body of Christ, you know, what we're supposed to be. <clears throat> And I had remembered, even before I ever went in to, you know, or we did, I remembered hearing a sermon this pastor gave saying, hey, my good friends are always going to tell me when I don't, like, they always have my back. Yeah, They're going to tell me. And I can remember thinking, being on my knees, do I even go mention that this particular speaker or this decision might backfire? Or do mm-hmm. I even, is it even my place? But, and, um... But I was like, I don't know that I can call myself a friend. How can I actually face you, Lord, and say I was really a friend mm-hmm. to him? But I knew there might be something to consider here. You know, humbly admitting I I don't know all things, but I think this might be a pitfall. This might not yeah. go the way you think it's going to go. Yeah. And I just need to do my part to say, hey, here you go. Well, um, I made the decision to, you know, we both did in, in our own different times and together put on my big girl panties, so to speak, mm-hmm. and go in because I already knew that approaching this, you know, him, w- there was, you know, um, it didn't always go well for people. And I knew I needed to be have my story straight. I needed to know what I was saying. Mm-hmm. And um, at first, I will say there were some interactions that seemed fine. Mm-hmm. But then after, you know, really it isn't all about the fact that that speaker really came because mm-hmm. he inevitably, inevitably did. Mm-hmm. And there was ripple effects and fallouts, just like, you know, you and I both had anticipated there was confusion. Mm-hmm. Um, there was not only confusion doctrinally, there was confusion with the way um, it was all handled by church leadership afterwards, different 
uh, things that I had heard because my husband being on staff, I knew there was different messaging going out to the staff than there was publicly to the con- to the congregation. Right. Well, because I remember just to give people some context too, uh, we keep saying this speaker. Yeah. <laughs> so this was pro- this was not necessarily a progressive Christianity thing. This was right. more of a New Apostolic Reformation thing. So right. I have podcasts on that. So if you know if you want to go back and know what we're talking about when we talk about this New Apostolic Reformation movement, this speaker that was brought in was just a very high profile person in that movement which nobody from that movement had ever, to my knowledge, come to our church. So it was it was kind of a big deal and, and like, what's happening? Like, are we going right. in that direction? And and so uh, then when, when the speaker actually came, um, I didn't go that night. I watched online. And in my view, it was so off that mm-hmm. I fully expected. I, I, I Still, giving the pastor and everybody the benefit of the doubt, I'm right. like, oh, they're going to go online tomorrow and just be like, guys, we are so yeah. sorry. Like, we yeah. blew it. We do not endorse anything that happened. But it was the opposite. Right. On social media, it's like, what a night. It was mm-hmm. amazing. And so that that was just like the, the big turning point for me. But right. I know you went that night. I did. I went yeah. because I wanted to be able to say I went. Like, yeah. I, I was there. I I. I experienced what you experienced so that, you know, if I had anything to come back with any more feedback or whatever, I I would have, it would be very informed. But I remember sitting there because, again, I've been there since day one, and the culture of the church in its early years Mm -hmm. would have absolutely been like, what in the world? Like, what, you know, I mean, I knew that this is not... The way we started, you know, yeah. this is not the course that we set years ago, and it's different. And um, I should probably say this too for context: you and I both had been invited in yes. to give feedback regarding, um, you know, forming a better doctrinal statement for the mm-hmm. church website. There were so we were invited in to be able to speak into issues like this, and right. and just for context too, you know, I've told my story of going through a faith crisis from the progressive church that I wrote my book about, and then landing at this church after that, this was kind of—I mean, I had already reconstructed by this point, and I had really studied apologetics for several years by this point. And so you and I, along with a couple of others, had started to do apologetics classes and Mm -hmm. things like that at the church. So we were involved and invited in, uh, you know, for our voices to be heard on issues like this. I just Right, that's right. And I was even invited in to— um, we were invited to, you know, rewrite and rework the the belief statement. We were invited into, you know, even to um, lead the apologetics, in, you know, ministry. Yeah, we had just done. <laughs> so like it's a, like okay, so it was. Yeah, I we had just done like important. a ten week. We had just done like a ten week with the youth group and yeah. the college group every Wednesday, and, every Friday, yes. every Sunday. So I think that's important. This yeah. wasn't just a bunch of disgruntled. Right. You know, pew sitters just going in to have our say. We were invited into this place. We were invited, and then on top of that, very prayerful, very mm-hmm. circumspect about mm-hmm. what to bring. Um, pastors, I mean, having a husband that was a children's pastor, being a part of church leadership, my heart for what pastors and leaders in the church are constantly bombarded with is is a big part of my story as well. Mm-hmm. Um there, there's a never-ending line of burdens that they're carrying, you know, and there are, and there's a mixture in there of people that are just tearing you down. Nothing's ever going to please them, mm-hmm. you know. But there's also, you know, people that truly love you that might bring a word for you that it doesn't feel good. Mm-hmm. And so, um, anyway, but I think that's so good. And of course, ultimately, the story 
you know, goes on from there. The, it wasn't necessarily the speaker coming mm-hmm. that was my part of my story. It, that happened, and then months went by, or weeks, a couple months. I'm a little fuzzy on the time, but it was a period of time. After the speaker came, there was a fallout. People did leave the church mm-hmm. um, for their own reasons. But it was so massively confusing mm-hmm. that, yes, people— are were potentially talking about it. Like, what's going on here? And, you know, there were conversations that I had, you know, full disclosure, talking with people I trust who love the pastor, who love the church, who love God, who love mm-hmm. Scripture. Hey, what is this? What are we watching? What it, What's going on in me? Am I wrong? Am I off? Are we wrong? Yeah. You know, I mean, there was a lot of self-reflection. Mm-hmm. But also, you know, Jesus... You know, obeying Jesus in his charge to, you know, he never said don't judge. He said judge and what he said to how to judge mm-hmm. and what to look for, doctrine and behavior. I mean, those are the things, the fruit that we're looking at. That's what we mm-hmm. were doing, mm-hmm. I felt like. We yeah. were trying to, now, not perfectly, but I say that. The reason I'm saying that is because a few weeks or a couple months, again, I think the speaker came in August, sometime later that fall, my husband got called, not me directly, but my husband was called by our pastor to come into a meeting with him and his wife. And so we go to this meeting with my pastor, the pastor and his wife. And in the meeting, um, it just, it starts off with, um, it's it's actually the entire motive or the, t- the entire reason, rationale for the entire meeting was that he uh, ha- was upset with me that I was talking about him behind his back. Yeah, and let me interject something Okay, here, yeah, thank you. Because this like, <laughs> helps with the timeline, too. And I'm glad you brought that up, because my story becomes relevant here for time issues, because I was already gone right. by this point. So what happened with me is that after the speaker came, I wrote the the pastor an email and just basically I didn't want to argue or debate and I was mm-hmm. still I'm be honest I was still pretty rattled and jumpy from my <laughs> church yeah. experience before that one and so I just wrote this really uh, kind of gentle email like hey you know I love and respect you guys just is this the direction we're going in that's that's my question I don't I don't I'm not going to try to change anyone's mind but mm-hmm. can you just let me know if this is the direction we're going in and um and so he called me and for a meeting with you because you had expressed to him personally. We both did what the Bible says and went directly to him first. And then oddly, he called us both (laughs) for a meeting together. And in that meeting, um, you know, it just, he talked a lot. It was very clear to me that that was, that he was not going to backtrack on having the speaker. It was sort of Mm -hmm. like, you know, we're just moving on. We're probably won't have, you know, we're not going to have him back, but we're not going to basically say anything about it or whatever. And um, in that meeting, I remember you saying something at one point and always very gentle. And he kind of turned on you like almost like Gollum. Mm -hmm. And it was really because I'd heard I'd heard that that can happen, Mm -hmm. but I saw it happen and it was like, wow. Um, that's really strange the way that, that he just sort of lashed out at you. And so that night, uh, my husband and I prayed about it. We talked about it. And so I wrote a, an email just basically asking for some grace to give us some time to maybe step back and pray. Mm-hmm. I didn't even say we were leaving. I just said, we, we really just need as a family to step back and, and have some time to pray. And within three minutes of me sending that email, I start getting 
texts from uh, mutual friends saying that they're being called into meetings. Hmm. And I was apparently the topic of the meeting. Uh, a friend, wow. our mutual friend, who now mm -hmm. is no longer there, uh, told me that. And within hours, um, I was unsubscribed and unfriended and blocked on Facebook, hmm. which was just it really took me back because the email I had sent wasn't even really saying we were leaving. Mm -hmm, it was just, right. so, so just to give people sort of the context for the atmosphere and sort of the culture, mm -hmm. like, like you were talking about. So by the time you had this meeting, you're about to talk about, we were already long gone. Right. For, and others were. Church, and lots of others. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, there was a, 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 a heightened culture or, t you know, sense of, self-defense mm -hmm. coming from our pastor yeah. because you know people are leaving mm -hmm. and and so there was you know a lot of frustration with me for quote talking about him behind his back right because that's what was charged with us too is that we were right. gossiping when in reality mm -hmm. there were really four people mm -hmm. who were all a part of the same team and very good close friends walking through life together who were mm -hmm. trying to process this on a very right. small level. Like, is this normal? Is this is this right? Yeah. And it was portrayed as gossip and backbiting, which right. is not what it was. No, not at all. And and not only that, all of us, I think most maybe beside one person, had had an opportunity to speak to him personally about right. it. Right. Everyone had. Everyone yeah. had. Yeah. yeah. So it was like, no, this isn't gossip. This is processing. This is... Um, wanting to be accountable mm -hmm. uh, as, as, as far as what I was doing as well. And also, I know my heart in mm -hmm. it. I know what how many times. I mean, I can cry thinking about it. It's so crazy because I know where my heart was. Yeah. I hate how it turned out. I hate it. I know my heart was just thinking, what's, what's so crazy is that at every turn, what I expected to happen from following the very teachings of this pastor, you know, by boldly coming and loving mm -hmm. him as a friend, by by taking my offense, like, you know, when you have been, you know, by doing Matthew 18, mm -hmm. by, by doing what the Bible teaches, at every turn, the reaction, the response I got was so utterly, mind-blowingly contrary mm -hmm. to what I expected from him. Mm -hmm. as my pastor yeah. and as a man of God. Mm -hmm. And that's part of the gaslighting thing, you know, mm -hmm. but... Um, Talk about, tell, just tell people what gaslighting is, just in case anybody's unfamiliar with that term. Yeah, well, I didn't know anything about it as I was walking through it. It's yeah. like learn, learning, oh, you know, what was that? Basically, it is, it's, you know, it is a, a systematic tearing down of someone's confidence in their own ability to interpret reality. Mm -hmm. And it can happen in various ways. And again, you know, I'm I'm still learning how to define some of these terms, but from what I've studied and what I went through, it is it's a process by so I can kind of illustrate it by just sharing what I went through. Mm -hmm. Is like I came into this meeting, I'm immediately accused of several things you know, that, you know, you did this, you did this online, you're doing this, and none of it was actually true. Mm -hmm. So it put me right away in this feeling of, you know, I'm 
I'm, you know, you feel a fear. You're afraid. There's a level of fear. And for me, I mean, part of my story is having survived multiple times of types of abuse yes. before this. Yes. Even so as that's a, child. a part of yeah. my story is that I've already navigated abuse in my life. And part of my def- my way of navigating it is to just get kind of as small as I can and as accommodating as I can. But I also, um, I automatically feel fear. You know, there's a mm-hmm. fear there. There's a fight or flight response that comes in. And I automatically felt that when I started being accused. But I did kind of try to push back and say, no, I didn't do all of that. Mm-hmm. But then it was, you've been talking about me behind my back. Um, and then, you know, this pastor said, and these are the things I'm saying these parts of the story because I have found that they happen in many of the stories. Mm-hmm. Now that I've studied and even with Mars Hill and all these other high profile yes. stories, I'm like, oh, my gosh. Yes, yes, yes. How weird that yeah. all of those elements were present in yeah. my story. Yeah. Uh, but it was the you've been talking about me behind my back. Um you know, I don't have a problem with sex. I don't have a problem with money. But when my reputation is at stake, I have a problem with that. Mm-hmm. I remember hearing that and right in the moment thinking, why are you admitting that? Right. Why are you even, it, yeah. do you hear what you're saying about yourself? Mm-hmm. Because that's not Christ-like. Yeah. I remember thinking that. But, of course, in the moment, I never speak because, you know, you can look back and go, why didn't I just say, yeah, you know. Sure. But in the moment, I was just and my husband, my sweet husband, who you know him, mm-hmm. he is just the kind of guy that thinks the best of everyone. He's mm-hmm. just been brought into this meeting pretty much. He's flanked by mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. He's just absolutely flanked by it. So he's just sitting there and we had our journey through all this. But then, um, you know, he told me I was being put under church discipline, which mm-hmm. I, you know, but no explanation of why or what. Yeah. Um, and of course, then that very week, I'm still teaching women's Bible study. So yeah, what am I like, either? Yeah. You know, I was told that everything, you know, that my passions had been wounding people for years. Mm-hmm. So there's this acronym in the in this um, world of, you know, abuse called and it's uh, DARVO. Okay. It's um, the D stands for deflect. The A stands for accusing. And then the the RVO is for reverse the order of the victim and the oppressor. Mm. So, like, this this is what I saw and what I experienced. So I was accused. So I am now the bad one. I'm mm-hmm. doing something wrong. He's the victim. Um, I'm everything I've been doing for years is wounding people. You know, like all mm-hmm. the passions, which obviously is my heart for the church. I love. I'm not perfect. I've blown it. I'm. I, I want to say that. I'm never coming from this perspective of self-righteousness. Yeah. But but to the best of my ability, my heart was to, to link arms with the mission of our church, was to, which was to help people become passionate servants of, you know, Jesus. Mm-hmm. And to link arms with the other co-ministers and do my part to lift and mm-hmm. to, to be a part of that. And to know that in my pastor's perspective, what I had been doing was actually wounding people mm. for years intellectually i was able to understand that that's not really true because i have people telling me all the time how ministered they are they felt but my heart it rips your heart apart when someone that you respect as a spiritual authority in your life is just telling you you also said you know you are a personal and professional offense to me Mm. um but the gaslighting part so that's tearing me down Mm -hmm. i am utterly beaten to a pulp emotionally mm-hmm. by this point. Yeah. I'm, I am feeling like 
you could not hate me more. Mm -hmm. I am such a stench in your nostrils. Mm -hmm. And I, um, you know, what do you do with that? Like, mm -hmm. But then I, you know, at some point the temperature in the meeting changed because I expressed it's interesting looking back. It was a moment when I expressed compassion mm -hmm. for him. Yeah. He was saying, I can't sleep. I'm da-da-da expressing his journey. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I understand that. And I expressed compassion. Well, everything turned on a dime. And it was weird because it wasn't turning on a dime in a healthy way. It was just like it went from da-da-da to, oh, like, you understand? You know, or like, I can't express it. It was like... Suddenly, because it became all about him mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. all about his pain or whatever, mm -hmm. then the climate changed, and they brought out communion. His wife, brought they, out, yeah, yeah, the right. pastor's wife brought out communion, and of course, the pastor's wife was a woman that I had ministered with for years, and she was there. The she whole was time. there the whole time. I kept aching for her to defend me in some way, like, well, that's not really who TC is. And like, yeah. I wanted her to speak up on my behalf at least somehow. Never, ever mm -hmm. happened. Um, and then, so the, the, the communion comes out. I'm given this opportunity to, to um, confess any other sins that might come to my heart. And, of course, I did. Yeah. Because I am that way. I'm like, I well, I confessed. I said, well, I just need to confess that, you know, when I'm wounded, I don't always think the best. You know, my first reaction isn't always joy. And I sometimes, you know, I, I, I get angry. And, you know, I'm just whatever came to my mind. And. But then I was prayed for, and as, this is the thing. So our pastor, he got on his knees and came over and, like, grabbed my foot to pray for me. And I just wept. Mm -hmm. Because it's like the best way to describe it is the person you love and respect takes a baseball bat to you and beats you up. But that's the person you're aching for to come and hug you and yeah. affirm you. That's like the very definition of abuse. And that's gaslighting. Yeah. Because the, what I experienced at first was... Tearing me down, making me feel insecure about my own worth and value and my own contribution to where I'm so confused now about who am I and do I deserve to even be alive? And then you so you're so broken down, but then now you're gonna kneel and pray for me, which is, oh, maybe I do have value. Maybe he is good. Maybe he, you know, mm -hmm, it just mm -hmm. confuses you. Mm -hmm. And um, and then by the time it wrapped up. You know, he was all good. You know, he even made the statement, I feel better now than I've felt in, I mean, literally, I remember him saying that. Mm. It's like, oh. So I, when, when we left that meeting, I can say that there was, I was massively confused mm -hmm. because part A and part B were totally different. And that mm -hmm. is the end result of gaslighting is you leave, you leave, you're just confused. Well, and I can, I can attest to that because you called me that night. I don't even know if you remember this. But you called me to kind of, because we were all praying for you because we knew you had this meeting. Right. And um, now <laughs> you were broken. You were like a little girl. You were crying and your voice sounded like a little girl. And you were so confused. I could hear it. In fact, I remember feeling frustrated because I knew that there probably wasn't anything I could say to help clarify you, you just had to walk through it. Mm -hmm. But you were simultaneously, you recognized some things weren't like on the level about the meeting, but you kept, you were still defending him. Like you were still saying things like, you know, but, but I know that you were just, you were confused. Yeah. And that's, I think that's why my heart really wanted to do this episode because I know that there are a lot of people watching who 
are so confused because mm-hmm. abuse is confusing. Yeah. Because they're all, it's all, all the players are all people who are made in the image of God mm-hmm. and are people God loves. And as Christians, like, how do we process that? You know, how do we process the fact that um, he wants to redeem the abuser and he wants to redeem and protect the victim? Mm-hmm. But how does that all work together? Right. You know, but anyway, so yeah, I just remember you calling me because you, you sounded like a little kid mm-hmm. and it was heartbreaking. Yeah, I'm glad, you know, you remember that. And I'm, and it's interesting to hear your perspective of what I sounded like because mm-hmm. um, what I felt like, <clears throat> and God has done so much healing in my life. I want to say that. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just you. We don't cry all the time. When you when recall we it, you know, yeah. and your heart is just so desperate for Jesus to be glorified. Mm-hmm. You know, that's my heart is like. Heal your broken church, Lord. Yes. You know, and I just grieve over it. But um, what I felt like was that I, I mean, I went into a three-day, it was at least three days of sitting in a dark room. I remember that I binge-watched Poldark. (laughs) (laughs) I just couldn't, I I could barely breathe. I was so broken Mm -hmm. and so confused and... um, so felt such shame heaped on me and such condemnation heaped on me. And for weeks and weeks, it was weird how often I would wake up at like 3.30 and I'm not going to make it some deal. Oh, 3.30 has a meaning. I just kept being woken. I would wake up in the middle of the night and all I would hear is you are a personal and professional offense to me. I just kept hearing those accusatory words and I had to get up and I wrestled so much for the next few weeks. And that leads to the next part of the story is I continually woke up and did my best to do all the business that I needed to do just this way Mm -hmm. with the father. Like, okay, you know, forgiveness and, and repentance. Like, what is in me, Father? What is in me? Like, how could I have done that better or whatever? You know, you self-reflect. You, you, I kept trying to just come to a place of, of wholeness, enough wholeness to be able to continue moving forward. Mm-hmm. And again, we're still at the church. We didn't leave. Yeah. We were still there. Uh, but I couldn't get there. I just couldn't move forward. And kept my husband and I had multiple meetings in the morning. We get up every morning. We spend our first part of the morning with the Lord and talking to each other every day. And I just kept processing with him. And, you know, and finally it just came to the point where I have no choice. I have to go back. Mm -hmm. I've got to, I'm still broken. The biblical thing to do is take my brokenness back to him. Mm -hmm. Because part A was debilitating. I appreciated part B. I love that you prayed for me and I appreciate that you felt better and, you know, Mm -hmm. that there was some goodness, you know, that we had communion. I appreciate that. But like, I can't reset the bones from Mm -hmm. part A. I need, and I just need to bring it to you because I don't want my broken bones Mm -hmm. to lead to an open door for the enemy to get in and bring division and all these other doctrines that actually sometimes are skewed to biblical teaching that can actually be skewed. In my mind at that time, I I didn't want gossip. I didn't want to bring division. I didn't want to pick up a defense, an offense. You know, yeah, I yeah. wanted all that. Like, I got to be honest. I'm broken still. I can't mm-hmm. get over it. So we, um, when my husband, actually, I didn't, 
I decided to write our pastor's wife an email because I thought, all right, she's the one who knows me the best. Mm-hmm. I'm going to start with her. She was there. It wasn't like going to a third party. We were all in the meeting. Mm-hmm. Directly said, hey, I, I'm so sorry. I, don't, I know you guys have a lot going on. I don't want to be another burden in your life, but I can't. You know, part A, I'm still struggling. And I listed it. I mm-hmm. said, you know, what was going on? I was falsely accused. Because at this point, you're you're still technically under church discipline, right? right? Well, According yeah, but to... I never knew what that meant. Yeah, it was never know? implemented. Because I'm still yeah. teaching women's Bible study. Yeah. You know, I'm... So there's a lot left hanging in the air, though. Yeah. Know, as far as Yeah, I there know. was a lot left hanging in the air. And also, we weren't reconciled. Yeah. There was no reconciliation. There was a moment of confusion when I left. It might have felt like reconciliation on their end, but it wasn't on mine. Mm-hmm. I was just confused and broken and trying to get out of there. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Okay. Yeah. See ya. Yeah. You know, that's what happens. You're just trying to escape the pain. So as I realized it's not reconciled with me, I did what I could to say, I, I'm broken. I just submit this to you. Mm-hmm. I, I can't move forward. Mm-hmm. My heart's ripped to shreds still. Mm -hmm. She never responded to that. She sent it to our pastor, who then didn't respond to me, but called my husband into a meeting. And in that meeting with him said, you need to tell TC to get over it. And and basically, he said, she just needs to get over it or else you guys need to leave. Well, my husband was on staff and an elder, too. Right. Um, On the elder board. Right. And said, uh, basically, are you... I mean, it took him by utter surprise that that would be how quickly it would just be dismissed, the whole issue. Mm -hmm. But he um, went back and forth a little bit and then did convince the pastor to meet with me, like begrudgingly. Mm. And when we got together for that meeting is when I, again, said, okay, you know, I'm I'm sorry. I know you're busy, but this is where I am when, you know, I'm, I can't get over part A. And I started listing a few of the things, like when you said this and when you told me this, it hurt me. And the response was, I never said any of that. Mm-hmm. I swear that I never, I mean, there was a, sw- yeah. he swore um, and said, I never said any of that. And in fact, TC, you scare me. Everything I say, you take it and you turn it around and use it for evil against me. So there's that deflecting. I never said it. And then turning around, I'm the abuser. Like, I, what are you talking about? I've been supporting you for years. In fact, not only supporting you, but defending you mm-hmm. over the years. Because there have been multiple people that are like, he's rough around the edges or whatever. And mm-hmm. I'm just always defending him. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, so it was like, that's gaslighting again. Wait a minute. You wonder, and I was glad my husband was there for both because I had a witness of what actually was mm-hmm. said and what did occur. But then, then, so basically what was said after that is, I didn't say it. You're the one that's crazy. You know, you, mm-hmm. you're accusing me. You, you beat me up all the time. And then, you know, you know I love you. What do you want me to do? Text you every day to tell you how much I love you? You're like one of the best teachers we have here. Um, so here's the bottom line. So you're just massively confused. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. am I someone you hate or love? What is it? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm either the most disgusting person in your life or I'm the best. I, I don't get this. What, but the, when, you, when he denied ever saying anything, what do you do then? Yeah. How can you have any true reconciliation? Then um, the, the ultimatum was given three or four more times in the meeting. Look, here's the deal. 
You either need to trust me completely. You either choose that you respect me and you trust my leadership here, basically, is mm -hmm. what he was saying. Or you guys just need to find another church. Mm -hmm. You know, this church would be thrilled to have T.C. Cannon, but any church would be happy to have you. And that was said multiple times, not only to my husband before this meeting, but during that meeting. And then um, afterwards, you know, it didn't take us long to realize that we really weren't given a choice because that ultimatum left us with n no option but to leave or stay in an unbiblical situation, mm -hmm. unreconciled pain, absolute confusion, mm -hmm. and leading the rest of the congregation to believe, like if we're still sticking around doing our role, then all the other people that look to us thinking, well, if Bill and TC are here, this must be a really great place. Yeah. This must be a safe place for us. Mm -hmm. I knew from that moment on, there is no way I can stand up and teach another Bible study here mm -hmm. and have the sweet women of this church looking at me thinking they're in a great place when I know that behind the scenes, that from the top levels, the Bible isn't being done. Mm -hmm. Because there's no reason why that we couldn't have left that meeting. I expected to go into that meeting. I had to put on, again, my big girl panties because mm -hmm. it's scary. Mm -hmm. I was afraid. Um, but I was expecting that we could wrestle it out and leave in a snotty hug of loving each other where there's true repentance, where oh, I'm so sorry, Tease. I You're right. I can, I can see how that would have really broken your heart. Mm -hmm. um, and I could say whatever I could own, and we could own it, and we could move out. You know what the beautiful thing about the kingdom of God is? Is if that is what happens, mm -hmm. what comes out as a result is something that is so glorifying to God and can bring true revival, mm. not only in our personal lives, but corporately when people mm -hmm. watch that example. But whenever there's self-protection or protection of system, and that comes primary to our desire to glorify Jesus and obey him, then you have this potential for massive brokenness. And it speaks a horrible witness to the world. Mm. And, you know, so we ultimately ended up leaving. And the because we hadn't—it was a decision my husband made very quickly, too. It was like, mm -hmm. we can't stay. Yeah, I can't work here and have integrity. I can't minister here and have integrity. It really, his heart was really crushed by it. He's mm. never been, I've never seen him in so much agony. Mm. Uh, you know, I had been abused in my life. So yeah. I was, even though it was very devastating, it wasn't new to me to mm -hmm. kind of feel what I felt. Mm -hmm. But, you know, after that, we left and it was like 23 years. I mean, I am only, I'm, you know, at this time, I'm 53. Mm -hmm. 23 years of my life, that's like... And your entire my adult life, and your entire Christian life, other than the cult in other my childhood, than, right? You know, I had a heretical Jesus in my heart. Right. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but yes, my entire Christian, like organ, you know, discipleship life, had happened there, mm -hmm. and that we were both so involved there. I mean, our friends, our world, our conversations. Our children had been baptized there. Our children mm -hmm. had been raised there, had gone to youth groups and camps and were involved in their own little sweet spots. Mm -hmm. Their own, like my sweet son, you know, was so, it loved being a part of the tech team. Makes me cry. He mm -hmm. loved that tech team. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we chose, and, you know, this is what I recommend too, you know, at different levels, but we chose to walk very transparently with our kids. Mm -hmm. 
through the journey because we didn't want them confused. Right. What the thing that hurts kids more is not the pain, but it's feeling like they're feeling the pain without explanation or feeling it alone. Mm-hmm. So we chose to include them in rather yeah. than just go, oh, it's time for a change. Mommy yeah. and daddy are ready for a new yeah. season. Like that doesn't make any, of course, my kids were older. We didn't call ourselves yeah. mommy and daddy anymore. But um, <laughs> anyway, you know, there was a lot that we just suddenly had this massive hole in our life. Mm-hmm. And, um, and not only that, we had a massive, we were left in that place alone for the mm-hmm. most part mm-hmm. other than a couple people that were curious mm-hmm. you know my husband had the opportunity to talk to a couple of the elders i talked to a couple of my you know people that i were was in relationship with that were women that were in leadership roles they knew mm-hmm. other than that not one elder or pastor from the church i had walked through and given my life to for 23 years has ever to this day mm-hmm. come to me to ask, are you okay? What happened to you? How can we make it right? What not not to this day. Yeah. You know, and I one of the things I've always wondered is even if you thought I had gone off the deep end, wouldn't you still want to come? Yeah. Like even if I yeah. was wrong, why wouldn't you come? Yeah. I've learned a lot about all of that over the years. Yeah. But so uh, thankfully, having gosh, I look back, you know, I could cry over this too, and I've told you this so many times. I'm just so thankful for the way God had prepared me before all of that and providentially brought in different things over the years that that um, strengthened my faith, both um, in understanding his love for me, mm-hmm. but also in being prepared to have a well, an intellectually robust faith, a more mm-hmm. intellectually robust, a, yeah. a well-reasoned faith. Mm-hmm. Because... You know, now I feel like I'm so thankful that my head and my heart were able to walk through that together. Not perfectly. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I mean, I've had many, many days on my face in tears mm-hmm. over the past four years. But to be able to walk through that when my heart was so crushed for my head to come in. I always imagine them as like these animated, you know, figures. Yeah. That my head would be able to just be there to say, hey, it's okay. Remember, you know. The, you know, sound doctrine. Remember, mm-hmm. uh, you know, some of the evidence. Mm-hmm. Remember, you know, the resurrection really yeah. happened. Sometimes yeah. for me, it has had to go back to that. Yeah. I don't know about a lot of this, but I know I have the evidence for the resurrection. Yeah. Jesus he came. came out of that grave. <laughs> yes. And no matter how much men fail me, that is true. Right. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I want to thank my guest, T.C. Canna, for joining me today to tell her story of walking through this and for us to just get to give you all a bird's eye view of how we've processed that experience together as Christians, as lovers of the church and lovers of Jesus. We're going to come back with a second episode next time, and we're going to dig more into the practicalities of spiritual abuse. So maybe give you some red flags, some real practical information, red flags to look for. Uh, If you think you might be in a situation that is heading towards spiritual abuse or maybe is spiritually abusive, we want to talk about what the qualifications 
implications are for real biblical leadership. So you definitely want to tune in next time uh, for some more practical examples and red flags to look for. If you're watching on YouTube, it always helps if you subscribe, if you click like and leave a comment, all of that helps with algorithms. If you are listening on audio platforms like iTunes and Spotify, again, clicking like, leaving a five-star review. I, I just can't tell you if this podcast has blessed you at all. That just does so much to get that up in the algorithms to, to suggest it into the news feeds of more people. If you saw this shared on social media, just liking it, leaving a comment. Yeah, I really liked that episode. It was helpful or even sharing it with your own friends. All of that helps get the word out. So we will see you next time. Thanks so much for watching. Thank you.